Welcome to Technically Speaking, part of the DTCX Exceptional E-Commerce Universe. Joining me today from Recharge is Chase Alderton. He's a partner marketing manager. I've actually used him since 2015 in my store to manage subscriptions, but a lot has changed since then. He's going to be sharing some interesting data and insights to keep your revenue recurring. You can also find him as host of the Hit Subscribe podcast. Hello to any listeners who have joined us from there. Chase, welcome to Technically Speaking. Thank you so much. I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for the plug on Hit Subscribe as well. Me too. It, it's a good pod. We both had Steve O'Dell of Tenzo T on, on our various podcasts. He was talking to, to Chris Mead here. Great episode. If you've got a CPG brand, have to go listen to it. And if you have a CPG brand, you're probably familiar with Recharge and really subscriptions in general. So we are recording this the second or third week in May. ChargeX, your big conference, was, was just last weekend. So we're going to dive into some, some themes from that, as well as getting into making the tech work together and some interesting use cases that, that you've seen. So let's start with the themes from ChargeX. I know that you mentioned, I don't want to be too much of a, of a downer here early on, but it's not shaping out to be an easy year for merchants. A lot of getting back to, to the drawing board, really focusing on, on profitability and fundamentals. And a big part of that is customer acquisition versus retention. So I'm going to pass over to you and just give me the the overview of what was coming out of ChargeX, what the, the sentiments were, and then going into some of the the customer acquisition versus retention side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I appreciate the intro there. So, so ChargeX is Recharge's annual, mostly annual <laughs> outside of COVID last couple of years, but it's our annual mm -hmm. user conference. So it's our, our top 300 or so merchants, partner agencies, as well as technology partners for the Recharge community. We all get together. We all build off of each other's lessons and learnings of the past year. I look forward to the future a little bit. Obviously no one has their crystal ball. So as much as we can look forward, we do. But one of my favorite topics to talk about, and actually a lot of the focus at ChargeX was this idea of acquisition versus retention. Acquisition is obviously important. No one's going to argue that. But for a lot of brands and, and subscription brands specifically, they need to start focusing on retention earlier than they usually would. Historically, retention is this idea of when a customer does subscribe, you have then a very clear delineation point where, cool, they're acquired. Now you have to start thinking about retention. There's a shift in thinking. And I think that a lot of people are starting to think that retention starts even before acquisition. You have to start thinking about what your next move is even before you acquire the customer, which kind of sounds a little ridiculous. Feels like mm -hmm. you're kind of cart before the horse a little bit, but it really is true because if you don't have a plan for the next subscription for the package number two, package number three, all the way out to, you know, a lot of conversations at ChargeX are around package 10, 11, 12. If you don't have a plan for those, let alone package number two, it's just a single subscriber. You're just going to have someone acquire, you're going to have them cancel for the discount, whatever it ends up being. And mm -hmm. it's going to be essentially a one-time purchase. So a lot of conversation around this retention idea. And I think with the whole first party data, zero party data thing, acquisitions getting more expensive. Everyone's cracking down on this. Also, like you, you mentioned, this next year is not shaping up to be a fantastic year. I think there's a lot of opportunity to really dial in retention while still kind of figuring out the retention or the acquisition side. Yeah. And I think that your warmest audience that you can find is someone who's given you money. Even if they had a horrible experience, got a refund, they've still given you a chance, which I think is they're at least familiar with you versus a, a customer who's never even heard of you. It's just going to it'll probably right. cost a lot less to bring that customer back versus bring someone in new, assuming, of course, that you do have the customer base too really focus on that and you're at that stage of your business. You Recharge data actually shows that it's potentially five to 25 times more expensive to reacquire a customer than it is to keep them on as a subscriber. So it's even another great data point to push retention, which is that if mm -hmm. you can keep them through box two, three, four, five, you know, however many it is, you're spending significantly less money 
to reacquire them on the back end, even if they have already subscribed and canceled the first time. Yeah. Wow. That's just keep those customers happy. And I think that starts with attracting the right customers from the get-go, not just free sample getters as, as easy as that is. Yep. What are some of the, the strategies for retention that you've seen working, especially as costs are going up, even things of like cost of your shipper or your custom printed packaging and inserts, those prices are going up where now you have to start really making some concessions there. It's not getting any, any easier. What are some of the strategies for retention that you've seen working really well? I think from the get-go, things like onboarding quizzes work really well. So I think places like Octane AI or even custom-built solutions work extremely well. With the crackdown on first-party data, I think zero-party data is going to be extremely important. So quickly, the distinction, zero-party data is when somebody actively gives you their information. Easiest way to do this, I think like pet brands do it really well. So if you're doing pet food or, or whatever it is, the first thing you hit on their subscription is, tell me your pet's name. And so you obviously, as the person, will put in the pet's name and say, hey, my pet's name is Buddy. And then all of the recommendations coming after that will say, hey, this is what Buddy will like. And here's the perfect food well, or the even, perfect medicine for Buddy. Even more so than that by breed where- Ab it, Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I did in my store where one of the best legions I did was Halloween dog costumes, big SEO boost once a year going into Black Friday and the holidays. But if you're searching Halloween costumes for a Rottweiler or a Great Dane, you're going to be a different type of customer than someone searching for Halloween costumes for a Chihuahua or a French Bulldog. Absolutely. Or we're just going to buy more dog food. So that those were the articles that, that I created because I knew I then put that into even the, the recommendations of here, you know what, you've got a big dog. We made this big dog collection just for you. Yeah, spot on. I, I think food is the easy one to point to. So exactly what mm -hmm. you said, it's going to be different food for a Great Dane versus a Chihuahua. Age plays a big factor. A lot of food mm -hmm. changes based on when they're puppies versus when they're older dogs. So mm -hmm. that kind of stuff gets really important. You could even take a classic example of a subscription brand like coffee. Mm -hmm. How do you take your coffee? Instead of just going in and wandering around a store, because every coffee brand sells espresso and K-cups and full beans and ground and all that kind of stuff. But asking up front, how do you take your coffee? How often do you drink coffee? Are you a two a cup day? Or are you a seven a cup day? Is it in a pot? Is it in a K cup? All of that stuff is technically zero party data where their customers willing to give that to you. But that's stuff that you need to then take and really understand and kind of get back to basics. There are a lot of frills happening in the last two years because of COVID. Money was flowing everywhere. Everyone kind of had an influx there. I think getting back to basics is going to be really important as far as acquisition and retention goes. What is the customer looking for? What's the actual value you're providing? What's the product you're providing? Dial in on that and make sure that is the real focus of your experience. And I think that already lends a significant hand towards retention. Yeah. And I think it's all, it's going back to fundamentals. That's the theme that I'm just hearing again and again is going back to basics and back to fundamentals. And we're talking about that, that zero party data, as we've all seen since iOS 14, just it's been, I don't want to say impossible, but very, a lot more difficult than it was a few years Significantly ago. Significantly more difficult. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to run ads and. It's interesting because we're recording this on the day that Shopify audiences is announced. So we don't know too much about it. I, I haven't read anything to it. I've just seen some headlines, but Shopify has announced a product to help combat that. So it's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious to hear how that's going to develop and what this is literally going to do for the market. I don't want to say it's going to be a Band-Aid, but it feels kind of like a stretch to say that, again, like this is going to solve everyone's problems. Acquisition is still mm -hmm. expensive. It's still difficult to do. Finding your target customer is still diamond in the rough. Every brand is trying to figure that out. So hopefully this will help. And I think Shopify usually does a pretty good job of reacting to, to when major issues are happening. But it's still going to kind of come down to dial in the basics, figure out who your target customer is, provide them real value, not just perceived value, and go from there. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. And that's another part of the challenge, which is really making the tech work together. It's You can have everything happening. You work really hard, and then the tech doesn't quite work and it's always some little thing but that's all it can take to stop a customer from checking out so what are some of the common challenges you've seen just when it starts to get 
a little bit more complicated. And I guess the, the angle of this that I'm asking is if I'm a, if I'm a merchant or, or working on my store and I, and I have subscriptions, when does it start to get a little bit more complicated versus just, I think people hear subscriptions and I think the classic subscription box, it's the same price product, everything, every month, where right. does that start to get a little bit more complicated, especially as we start getting into just more use cases? Well, where does it get complicated? The answer is immediately. And there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than everyone thinks of just, you know, plug a subscription box, it runs itself, it's done. I think that everybody is looking for cool tech. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to see the new thing and the, the best ROI and what's the newest five-star app on Shopify you can download. Problem with those is generally they're untested. So mm -hmm. I'm sure there are fantastic apps out there. I'm sure that there are things that do wonders and there are people creating unique, awesome apps every day that will change the world in the future. But my perspective has always been kind of go with what works. Customers nowadays are not looking for crazy, unique, weird things. And you stumble on those websites and too often they're hard to navigate and hard to maneuver anyway. I, I think one of my biggest pieces of advice is for a tech stack is keep it simple and go with things that are really trusted that you know will work. So I think Gorgeous is an awesome example of a help desk solution that works really well. I'm gonna have to plug Recharge at some point, but it really integrates well with Recharge. Anything you're, mm -hmm. any actions you're taking in Gorgeous straight from chat or straight from email, you can actually automatically update into Recharge. So Clave is another fantastic one. Sending emails, sending SMSs works fantastically. And then mm -hmm. Rebuy is another really cool one that I think is an up and comer. Adding cross-sells and upsells straight to the portal. They're rolling out new features all the time. Rebuy is a great one. But if you can get a core set of, of tech partners, of integrations, I think they work really well together. And then you don't really have to worry about how do I build this custom solution in? How do I make sure that this all tags well? What's going on in the back end? They've been around a long time. They've worked. It's just not something that you should really try to push for if you're trying to kind of keep your retention stack simple. Yeah. And it's, it's such a great point that I, again, really reiterating another thing that I'm hearing is consolidation and just yeah. simplification for a myriad of reasons. Even your page load speed by having less apps is going to be better. And it's just... If you're having an issue, it's a lot easier to to solve your company's product versus trying to match every everything else. It's just it's not possible. And I think it's just a better idea to do what you can with a little bit less than overcrowding it and bloating it. It's just it's more to manage. You're spot on, and it's I'm sure you see the the same thing that I do hosting a podcast is you you try to stay away from buzzwords as much as you can. But things mm -hmm. like keep it simple, it really is important and it really does actually matter. When you layer over things over and over again and everything pings a different API and goes back and forth between platforms, things do get really complicated. I think customers are looking for a, a quality experience. They're not looking mm -hmm. for the newest and best and brightest and coolest thing. Leave that to, to people who are going to kind of break the, the Teslas of the world. But for your brand, unless you're doing anything super, super crazy complicated, keep it simple. It doesn't need to be over the top. It's the best yeah, way to stay. have customers get in, understand what's going on. Stay familiar. And I always go back to the example of late night television, where it has to follow the same format because people are, are kind of half asleep. They're barely paying attention. They want the host to come out, do a monologue, maybe a bit, first guest, second guest, musical guest. And that's the show. And they've passed out by then. It's They don't want this avant-garde and something new. They want to go find the website, make a purchase. Maybe if it's something familiar, it's, yeah, I love my Tenzo T. Please subscribe every month or every 35 days or whatever it is. You're hundred percent accurate. Coffee is another great example. I subscribe to coffee and I've actually done a handful of different brands, but every time mm -hmm. there's a rebrand, every time there's a relaunch, every time, Hey, we updated the customer portal, whatever it is, it, it makes it so much more difficult, believe it or not to subscribe. And you end up, I don't, I don't even as a customer, I don't want a portal. I just, that's one more password that I'm going to forget. I just want to say, Hey, give me this. Here's my credit card. Just charge me. It's fine. Run it into the end make, of existence it and I'll keep paying. Make it easy to cancel and we're good. Yeah.
Yeah, play it in an SMS form where you can text and say, hey, I want to pause it for this month or do this or push it, whatever it is. Layer something over that and keep it simple and let it just run. Mm, that's a that's a really good point. I had this one bullet that I'm looking at. You can, you can see if you're watching on the the YouTube channel, my, my eyes are just burning into it. But we were talking about what makes it complicated. And if you're developing an app and you do want to, to integrate with Recharge, what steps should you take? Because it's great how easy it is to, to make a Shopify app. You don't pay any referral fees on that first million bucks. It's very easy to get up and running. I had one going with a friend of mine just to, to try it. ended up sunsetting it because it was more work than I wanted, but it was easy enough that I feel like just about anyone can do it. How can app developers do a little bit more testing and just create a better product that integrates a little bit more smoothly? What are some resources maybe they should be looking at? You're talking on, on the recharge end? Yeah, so I'm a developer. I've made my Shopify app and I want to take it to that next level. How can I really ensure that it is tested and, and great with recharge? I think use live customers as much as you can. You'll obviously have a set of beta customers. You'll obviously have people close to you that, that are, are testing your product daily or using it on their store. Listen to their feedback. There's a hysterical video going around that I love all the time of the shapes of the blocks. And then there's, it's a kid's game. You put the like, circle block in the circle section and the square block in the square one. But the square block is so big that it fits everything in it. And the, the video person keeps putting the same block or putting all the different blocks in the one block section. It's a, it's an interesting metaphor for how you're building apps is you as the developer think, oh, okay, the customer's going to know what this is. They'll put this one over here. They'll do that. They'll run this way, but customers will get on your site and, or you get on their app and poke around and they'll poke as many holes as possible in this thing. So use live customers, actually ask for feedback, take your ego out of it. That's a big thing we're seeing on the brain side as well. Developers and brand side, everyone thinks that their product is fantastic and maybe it is. But mm -hmm. there are definitely ways to improve it. So I think use actual people, use live customers. And from the Recharge side, we have a full tech team who's happy to help do all these things. So we run every app integration that comes through Recharge. We run testing. We've done all kinds of, of legitimate verification for it to make sure that it actually works before it goes live. So anything on Recharge will have worked and we can prove that, any type of integration. But yeah, I'd say test it as much as you can, A-B test. But again, keep it simple. The more you do, the, the longer it's going to delay launch, the harder it's going to be to get this thing in front of actual customers. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's very awesome. And I'd love to hit on some interesting use cases. I know we hinted on it before a little bit with some non-traditional subscription bases. And let's start there with what, besides your typical either monthly subscription box or consumable product you can put on subscription, what are some interesting brands that come to mind when it comes to using subscriptions as an asset? So I think there, there are three different pieces of that. Mm -hmm. The first one I think is this idea of a non-traditional time frame for your subscription. Everyone always thinks monthly is the first one, probably just because it's easiest. Every month you get something. Mm -hmm. Weekly feels like a lot, but it depends on what you're selling, obviously. There are products that, that weren't selling weekly, but I love this well, idea of... What would be like a good weekly product? Because I'm curious. I'm stumped. For the first time, I'm, I'm stumped of trying to come up like, what could be coming out weekly? Unless, unless it's like a content drop or something, but or maybe something local, but I'd love to hear just like an example of a cool weekly subscription. Content's good, but I think food and bev works really well. I think in, in food and bev obviously has higher shipping costs than most of the other verticals, but I think I'm seeing so many stories about HelloFresh and all of these new food building platforms that they deliver too much of their time. I, there was a story I was reading just today that there were three packages delivered in one day and it was like 45 days of food. Um, and everything expires in 15 days. I think that food is a really good one because yeah. if you're anything like me, I do a grocery store run probably twice a week. So I do three days for dinners, for lunches and dinners. And then I go back to the grocery store later and do like another three days. One, because everything expires. So obviously you need to make sure that you're getting fresh food. But I think it's part of its variety. Is you, you just can't think that far ahead. What am I going to want to eat on June 28th on a Wednesday afternoon at three o'clock? Like, yeah, you don't even know what you'll have. be doing. Maybe it's a nice day. So you and your friends set a patio for a couple of dinners and now you've got all this right. food built up. 
Right. That's cool. Right. I wasn't so even thinking of, food and fre- of fresh food delivery. I wasn't yeah. even thinking of that, which is, which is so smart. And then on the other end, we talked a little bit about this and then the green room, right? It's an idea that I think is just phenomenal is like an annual subscription for your lawn care or call it your driveway. And at the start of every year, yeah. you get a bunch of salt delivered or, or something where it's, you know what, you just need this one seasonal trip and we, you're not going to be waiting until the first, the first rainfall or the first nice day in spring. And then you go to the, the big box department store and you, you can't find any grass seeds and fertilizers left. We just ship it right to your door. You have everything you, you want ready to go. So this is an awesome one. And now we're kind of getting off topic, but I think content lays over really well with subscriptions. So I think yeah. there's a way to do an annual subscription. I think long care is a perfect one where long care only works a couple of seasons a year, uh, depending mm-hmm. on where you live. I'm in Southern California, so it's just warm here all the, all the time. But depending on what you're doing, you don't, you're not going to put stuff on your grass in November if you're in the Midwest. It's just going to freeze and it's not going to work. So yeah. I think shipping something annually or shipping something maybe every six months, but layering content over the top of that. So saying, hey, we're shipping you this box. Here's what it is. Maybe it's some sort of particular type of lawn care thing that you're supposed to do over the winter. Here's step A, B, and C, how you do this. Uh, make sure you're watering it. Make sure you're doing that. Whatever it is. I'm not a lawn care expert, but laying over content. And instead of just shipping a box and saying, have fun with your box, being able to very clearly say, this is what it's for. And this is why mm-hmm. you're subscribing. And remember, you told me in our onboarding quiz at the beginning when you filled this out, that you want to make sure your lawn is cared for 24-7 and all year round. So here's how you do that. And let's make sure that mm-hmm. your goals are taken care of. Then you're not making it about you. You're not making it about the brand. You're making it about the end customer, which is what you should be doing in the first place. Yeah. And it's, you just hit on uh, one of my favorite subscriptions, which is Hunt a Killer, which is a game Love. every month. And you, I think you have to find who the killer is. It's almost like a murder mystery that, that you play or an escape room that you can do at home. And it's just, it's so smart. And again, you have to take a quiz to apply to even get the box, which is cool. And then the other thing that we haven't hit on yet is if you think annual and weekly subscriptions are weird, what about not really non-standard timeframe ones? I actually did this. Laundry brands is a great one. Mm-hmm. Laundry and dishwashers are a great one. So so there are ways for, for them to set an on-morning quiz. Again, how often do you run your dishwasher? How often do you do laundry? Do you do mostly lights? Do you do mostly darks? What kind of stuff do you put in your dishwasher? All that kind of stuff. Just combining a lot of those. Those are definitely separate things. So let's say you run two dark loads of laundry a week and one light load of laundry per week then it automatically figures out how long it needs to take. So you're not changing the size of the box. So you're still saying, mm-hmm. let's say there are 30 packet or there's 30 dark for laundry, 30 dark soaps. So then you figure out, okay, you run twice a week. So then every 15 weeks you need a new subscription. So they will run the math on their back end and say, okay, your subscription timeframe will ship you a new box of 30 at week 14 to make sure that you're not out to make sure that you have exactly enough. 14 weeks is a very weird timeframe. If I'm math is right, that's a quarter in one week. Yeah. Which makes no sense to do as like a standard time frame. You can't ship that normally. But some people run their laundry once a week. Some people run it twice a week. Some people run it every day. I was growing up in a household that there were six of us in our house. So my parents ran laundry every single day. So yeah, shipping or, a box of 30 is irrelevant on a seven-day schedule or on a monthly schedule. You got to have what the customer needs. Yeah. And again, it's if depending on people's space, they might not have a giant garage with great shelving where they can go and buy two months worth of laundry detergent when it's on sale. They might be in a, in right. a condo in New York where they just want like the smallest amount possible that they can get through. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on. Yeah. So that that's a really cool, unique one that I love to see because then it gets delivered. Again, the whole point of subscription is convenience. So I don't mm-hmm. want to have to log on to my customer portal or text, whatever it is. I don't want to have to log on three months in and say, okay, every three months I end up getting an extra shipment. So I, I'm going to skip this month. I want it to be on my time frame, which in this example is every 14 weeks. And then I want to be able to say, okay, run that into eternity. 
Like until I move, until something changes, until I have a kid and I'm doing more laundry, every 14 weeks, I need two thing, two packages of laundry, which ends up being 30 total packages. That's all I need. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So now that we've, uh, now that we've aired all our dirty laundry, let's... <laughs> We did, but set you up for you, that you, one. You, you need a segue. <laughs> the last thing we want to talk about, and it's I just I love subscriptions because it feels like such a standard thing that can really like a good chef's knife just do a lot of stuff with, which is bundling and memberships. I had Jeremy Kai on one of my podcasts rolled up, and I think his business model is so smart because the products that you buy, that's all break even. They make their money on subscriptions. So there are some cool examples of bundling and, and membership, which is a subscription. And now we're getting into Netflix is a subscription and going outside of traditional e-commerce, but tell me a little bit more about bundling and memberships and some really cool use cases there that maybe brands could be thinking about to get those juices flowing. So bundling, going back to food and bev again, fairly straightforward. Instead of subscribing to a single product, the brand will let you, you know, pick and choose which ones to to subscribe to and put them all in the mm-hmm. same box. So again, fairly straightforward. I think food and bev works really well here for things like protein mm-hmm. or like smoothie shakes. There's a lot of like new frozen smoothie shakes. Bump and blends is a really good one, really close fun to recharge. So what they do is they have all their flavors laid out. And you can go to their site and essentially say a box is, is six. So pick as many as you want of these, as many different flavors as you want, but we'll ship you six at a time. And you can go in and say, okay, I want two banana, two strawberry, one peanut butter and a chocolate. Or mm-hmm. the next customer can come in and say, I want five strawberry and one chocolate. And effectively it doesn't matter to them because they're all on their shelf. So they just have to pick it, package it and set and ship it out. But it gives you then exactly what you're looking for. Kind of this idea back to the customization and delivering a, a solid customer experience. We're not going to force you to buy six bananas and six chocolates and six strawberry. Just let you pick. Just bundle them all yourself and let you pick what you want. And we'll ship you exactly what you want every time. Kind of one of the really good ideas of like pre-retention is like we're not going to make you buy more than you need. We're not going to make you buy less than you need. We're just going to have pick exactly what you want. There's no reason for you to cancel. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that we're right there on uh, coming up on time. So if you enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. If you're a subscription fan, if you sell subscriptions, make sure you go hit, hit up Chase over at the Hit Subscribe podcast. Go listen to Hit Subscribe, Spotify, Apple, same place that you're listening here. If you're watching on YouTube, all the links are below. Chase, what do you got to plug? What? Do you, what where else can people find you besides your podcast? Or is that, is that the only place? Don't bother you on LinkedIn. Don't bother you on Twitter. Where, where can no, people I'm- find you? I'm always open on LinkedIn and Twitter at Chase Alderton. Happy to have conversations. One of my biggest things is just learning from merchants and learning from partners who have done this before. So I'm happy to provide my experience and and what I can do. But any experience, anybody that anyone's talking to, I'm happy to have conversations. Awesome. Great job. And as always, hit subscribe. Hey. Hope you enjoyed this technically speaking video part of exceptional e-commerce. There's a few other videos here, here, maybe here, here. I don't know how they set it up. So go click them, watch something, learn something new, maybe prevent a lesson and make sure you hit the subscribe button.